Aloha Kala. This is Ashley from GoldenGoddesses.org and welcome to tonight's episode of Threshold to Ascension Radio. You may have noticed that I changed the intro a little, and that's because the goddess Jade Raider, who was our guest last week, recently shared some beautiful Hawaiian chanting, and I learned that Aloha Kala means love in unity and light. It's a really powerful frequency. And I do recommend to those listening in that you play with chanting it when you feel drawn to raise your energy and feel immersed in that unification and light. We did get some great responses to last week's interview with Jade. And we also heard that some of you had a few challenges listening in live. So Jade and I decided to go ahead and extend the deadline for registering to win the Ascension Empath Recalibration session with her until midnight next Wednesday, March 27th. So the winners will be announced on next week's show when my guest will be Linda Loback, a founder and chairman of CE5 in Copenhagen. Those of you who may not be familiar with the term CE5, it's a level of contact with our star family or star beings. And Linda's going to share her experiences of sightings in Copenhagen and the impact contact has on consciousness raising. To find out how to enter for the drawing for Jade, go to the Threshold to Ascension show page on bbsradio.com or contact me on Instagram at Ashley Golden Goddesses. So many of you would agree that it's been a big week. Schumann Resonance has been hitting some highs, the frequency of the spring equinox, Chiron conjunct the sun in Aries, and of course, combined with the full moon in Libra last night as well. If you haven't figured it out already, our ascension journey keeps accelerating. There's no going back. It always reminds me of Mr. Toll's Wild Ride. And yes, some millennials may need to Google that, but it's a great way to phrase it. One of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves in these times of high energy is to remember to connect with the stillness within and just be, to breathe. So tonight in our intro meditation, we're going to focus a bit on the breath. If you're not driving, gently close your eyes and take a few long, slow, deep breaths and center in your heart. On your in-breath, use your intention to breathe in the golden light of all that is deep into your heart. And when you breathe out, just let go of any energy you've collected this week that is not yours. Breathe in the golden light of all that is deep into your heart. And once again, just breathe out, letting go of any energy that is not yours. And on your next in-breath, after you breathe in the golden light of all that is into your heart, 
See, feel, know you're going to exhale it like a shimmering golden orb surrounding you, sealing off your energy field to all but your own divine light. We're going to do three more breaths into the count of four, pausing in the stillness in the void space to the count of four, and then exhaling to the count of four. And as we do, we're going to breathe in the divine activation energy of the recent cosmic alignments. So first, with an in-breath of the count to four, intend you're breathing in the divine activation energies, the highest frequency of the spring equinox. Pause and hold it within to the count of four, and then slowly Exhale it to the count of four and see, feel, know that divine activation energy of the spring equinox is filling your shimmering golden orb, recalibrating all that you are to the highest vibration of that activation available to you at this time. On your next in-breath again, breathing into the count of four, this time breathe in the divine balance and activation energies of the full moon in Libra. Pausing in the stillness to the count of four, just being with that energy. And again, as you exhale to the count of four, see, feel, know that energy, the divine balance and activation energies of the Libra full moon are filling your shimmering golden orb. As again, we ask your I am presence to recalibrate all that you are to the highest vibration of that activation available to you at this time. And finally, on the next in-breath, breathing into the count of four, breathe in the divine activation energies of Chiron and knowing this is about turning wounding into wisdom and strength. Pause in the stillness to the count of four, being with that new awareness of wounding shifted into wisdom. And as you exhale to the count of four, see that divine activation energies of Chiron fill your shimmering golden orb, asking your I am presence to recalibrate all that you are to the highest vibration of these powerful Chiron activation energies available to you at this time. Return your breath to your normal pace and just be with these frequencies for a moment or two. And then when you're ready, ground the energies from your heart center down through your earth star and into the divine heart crystal in the center of the new earth. And when you are ready, allow your eyes to gently open and just be. The concept of frequency and understanding being in the divine timing is something that my guest tonight has been introduced to somewhat recently, although his journey has included it for quite some time. The aha moment came just three and a bit years ago. I was introduced to tonight's guest by my delightful goddess, Sister Carrie Walker, host of YouTube channel Alice Eats the Apple, who's been on this show a couple of times. 
I was fascinated when Carrie shared his story with me. I'm so delighted to introduce him to you, our Threshold to Ascension tribe. It is true that Mitch Aaron Owens has one heck of a story to tell, and I'm not going to give away the aha in the intro. I'll let him share that with you in a minute. But after almost two decades in the military, including special ops and a further career with Blackwater, Mitch's entire life changed almost in a split second on December 18, 2015, at 3.15 p.m. exact, with dramatic results. And today, Mitch Aaron is an angelic realm warrior for the light, a truth disclosure advocate, a close protection detail leader, a grid worker, a Lemurian crystal healer, and that's just to start. He also carries the energy of both Archangel Raphael and Archangel Michael. Call to anchor light grids and to assist others in self-healing via crystal, tuning force, sound healing, and more that is channeled from the higher dimensions. Mitch Aaron has a passion for supporting others in truly understanding the awakening process. So Mitch, aloha. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Aloha. Thank you very much. It's uh... I'm honored to be with you today. Thank you. If you don't mind, let's start with by you sharing a bit of your 3D background to kind of set the stage for what a dramatic transformation you went through. Okay. Well, I, I'm originally from Oakland, California. I come out of the Hells Angel uh, environment <laughs> of Oakland, and I was uh, bullied quite a bit as a young kid. I was a musician, uh, a wannabe rock star drummer. And uh, I had many things going on where I was actually pulling people out of burning cars, even when I was 13, 14 years mm. old. So I had no idea about any of this stuff. Uh, by the time I, I got done with high school and, and got tired of being beat up, I had known that I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be on this planet. I didn't like it here. I was quite the loner, and I didn't know how empathic I really was now that I understand what empathic is. Right. Uh, I joined the military in 83. And I got out in 2000, and uh, and shortly thereafter, of course, we went to uh, I went to work for Blackwater USA on some really high value uh, target details and stuff like that. Uh, I've been through a couple car bombs and a couple traumatic brain injuries, a gunshot wound, uh, three broken backs, a fractured C6 uh, vertebrae. I somehow came up with acute osteoporosis and had an actual vertebrae T11 just collapse in a chevron shape when they mm. were re- reviewing my um, reviewing my spine to see if it had solidified after an operation. They saw that I had a vertebrae drop. And uh, so I don't know how, how far you want, how much details you want, but it's been a pretty horrendous. Well, it has been. I mean, you've it, it, it sounds like you did almost anything you could to get off the planet there for a while. I think so. And I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I was... Uh, not being allowed to leave. Uh, right. Now I, now I understand, uh, of course, so, but I didn't understand then. So briefly, between the time you left Blackwater and the time of this um, message from Source, I'm going to phrase it that way for the moment, <laughs> in, t- okay. in December of 2015, what was your life like during that time period? Honestly, I was sitting around waiting to die. Mm. I was in a very depressed state. I, that's My phrase that I use is... Uh, I was sitting around waiting to die. I had three modalities for making that happen, and I was just trying to pick the date and time. And at some point, I said, okay, God, 
take me or I'm going to take me in the vessel with me. And then six months later, that event happened. Now, were you a religious child growing up or did you do a lot of prayer or was... I, was, I, had, it, I had it pounded down my throat in Sacramento right. and, and right. Oakland by, by my mom. Uh, but when I left, when I went to live with my father, my parents split up when I was three. So uh, there was a great deal of dysfunction and drugs and uh, molestation with the bikers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so I went to live with my dad in San Andro, right across from my high school. And basically that didn't happen anymore at nine. So we were uh, three kids living in a 19-foot trailer next to a Texaco in mm-hmm. San Leandro, California, uh, at my dad's shop. So, yeah, the, the, the religious, spiritual aspect was gone. Right. Uh, but I, w- I will tell you that my first love was uh, in that time, when I was 13, um, she had ESP, which is now, in, you know, you know, uh, intuition, mm-hmm. intuitiveness. Uh, but I, it was amazing because I was already getting prepped back then. Ah, uh-huh. it's amazing when we look back at our life and we see all the signs, even when we feel we're kind of just barely treading water. Now, you, you got married during this time frame. Yeah, I got married um, October 15th, 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a lovely Filipino woman, and uh, we spent 30 years together and had a child under the most very auspicious um, circumstances where she was physically uh, tubal-ligated and snipped for 13 mm. years, and uh, wow. we actually had a, an experimental operation to put the tubes back together when she was 38, and the doctor said she only had a 20% chance of pregnancy, and in our first two weeks in Sicily, a year and a half after the operation, uh, she had gotten pre- pregnant with my daughter, uh, Tanika. Mm-hmm. And that that was, I believe, the, the end of the cycle for me. <laughs> nothing but com- combat and terrible stress and 20-hour days. And I was doing a lot of bodyguard work for the military and um, basically just never home. But I believe that that was one of my primary uh, missions was to bring that, that girl into this world. And do you feel that your daughter has some starseed energies or some... Absolutely. Yeah, she yeah. sure does. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, cognitive, intuitive, and uh, extremely empathic. And mm. uh, she's not quite buying into everything yet. She's 27, but she's getting a grip when I do things right in front of her to make her... Right. When I make, make a, when I make a pendulum swing where I want it to swing and then stop when I tell it to stop, or I read her energy using dowsing rods and show her right. how to bring it in and push it out. Uh, it kind of blows her mind. I bet it does. So let's just talk about the days leading up to December 18th. Was there anything unusual or different? Were you really adamant to, to God that you wanted to leave? Or was it pretty much a day in the life until this actual event happened? I was very disgruntled and I didn't want to be here anymore. And every day that I was still here, I didn't want to be here anymore. And mm-hmm. this was, uh, this was a day we went grocery shopping and the wife was in, in the garage and I was outside of the truck bringing in groceries. And you, at what point do you want me to do this? At? Well, and so, so what did actually happen on December 18th, 2015 at three fifteen PM? <laughs> so I got two bags in each arm full of groceries. It's pouring rain huge raindrops, and I got struck by lightning right into my crown chakra. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a plasma strike in my belief, but I have more knowledge now of what actually happened, but I got blown to the ground, and I low-crawled into the garage, and my wife at that time was trying to put me out, but basically it was steam. And just to let you know, I've got a right ear ringing from our galactic family. 
Mm-hmm. So they're pinging <laughs> My me. crown is like on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting pinged. I've been getting pinged. Uh, yeah, so I uh, crawled in, and she was trying to put me out, and I was screaming like because a you were on Because you were on fire. Well, we thought we that I was, but I was actually what? steaming. I okay. heated up so much, I was steaming off all the liquid off my body, and all the groceries went flying out into the court, okay. and they were rolling down the street. Because I threw my arms, you know, when I hit, hit the ground, all the groceries went flying. <laughs> and and did you feel conscious at this moment? Um, I don't know if that's the right way to ask the question, but... Well, there was a brief loss of consciousness, and, mm-hmm. and it was at that point in time that Jesus stood over me and asked me if I still wanted to leave. And and then I had said, yes, I want to leave. And then later on through uh, medium readings with Jamie Butler and Miss M., I found out that my old soul came forward to me dressed just like I used to be down in Mission Beach in San Diego, just board mm-hmm. shorts and flip-flops, told me he was okay and to go do my thing. Fantastic. So so you're on the ground, you're steaming. Um, I'm assuming an ambulance is called? No, no ambulance. No. Nope, okay. not at all. I got, I got up after about 20 minutes. I couldn't stand. My legs were just weak and everything. I, I didn't go to the hospital or anything, but I'd like to go ahead and, and say that at the time of the lightning strike, I was a 100% permanently and totally disabled combat veteran with mm-hmm. special circumstances, unemployable, and pretty much just dead in the water. After, and that's with acute osteoporosis at 53 because of depleted uranium, chemical weapons, lead exposure, and anti-foliage agents exposure, like Agent Orange down in South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, 53, a 53-year-old male to get acute osteoporosis has to have four of those things, and I had all four of those things. Thanks, Uncle Sam. I'm sorry, I won't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not my uncle. <laughs> he ain't my yeah. uncle. No. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, and so, so you don't go to the hospital. I'm assuming somehow you get inside the house. Yeah, I crawled inside the house, basically wobbled in, and I didn't have any idea what the heck was going on. Uh, and But in a very short period of time, I started having these revelations of, of knowledge. I was already kind of looking into the uh, metaphysical stuff, but not much. Uh, just just the truth movement with, uh, I knew about the 9-11 buildings and, and mm-hmm. the you know, the uh, pyroclastic flow coming off the metal. I have some inside information about stratospheric aerosol injection. I knew that the Building 7 was imploded, and I know what it takes to implode a building. Explosives, two weeks of beating a building up before they drop it. So I knew there was a bunch of bull crap going on (laughs) as far as technological uh, advanced stuff being pulled over the, the eyes of the American people. But this just took it to a whole different level because I started getting... Uh, questions in my mind about string theory, the Large Hadron Collider, quantum physics, uh, quantum theory. Um, I was starting to have connections between anthropological and archaeological connections of the dots, like the Baalbek stones that weigh three and a half million pounds, uh, what it takes to actually move them, and then uh, just getting a bunch of stuff. And eventually I got a hold of Jamie Butler, and it took eight months and, and you know, quite a bit of work to get a hold of Jamie Butler, who's uh, did a lot of channeling Eric with Elise Meadow mm-hmm. and um, I finally got to see her and then it was really great to know I had family show up but what was really strange was the seven galactic entities that showed up mm-hmm. she 
said in 25 years she's never had extraterrestrials show up or multidimensional beings show up in any reading. Ever. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. And every time I had a reading with this woman, there was like seven or eight new ones that showed up. And so what was happening for you in your time in between the readings? Were you having interesting dreams? What was happening with your body? Yep. I was having dreams of what I now know as Lemuria Mm -hmm. and of a a woman that I was with and a child. And I was actually shown the destruction of Lemuria. I was helped to understand why Lemuria was destroyed, helped to understand that the, the Hawaiian mountains that are poking out of the water are what's left in Lemuria, including New Zealand, Australia, Japan, and some of the Philippines. And I was helped to understand how the rocks were moved, the big giant rocks, mm-hmm. uh, how, why Machu Picchu have round rocks, and they changed the subatomic molecular structure of it and how that's done through sound. Um, and so... To, to give you an idea of what's happened is, is that I was on 300 milligrams of morphine a day with six 7.5 Vicodins a day and four 800 milligram ibuprofens a day for 15 years. Right. I got off How- 33 pills a day in a matter of six months. And that wasn't the only thing that happened. There was actually structural changes in your body as well. Very good. Very good. Thanks for helping me remember that. So when we talk about the lightning strike, I had that T11 spinal collapse. And the last thing I did when, after all the changes were going on, I told him I want another bone density scan because I want to see something. I just had a feeling. And the lady that did the bone density scan was already aware of what happened to me. And uh, I knew she started getting emotional. Uh, I live in a Bible belt here in mm. Southern Oregon. So when she did the bone density scan, of course, she's, she's not a reader. She's just doing the, the thing, but she knows what the, the numbers mean. And so she started crying. Uh, because the vertebrae was actually put back in place. Right. My, my acute osteoporosis was uh, gone within six so months after the lightning strike. Yeah, so you're actually literally a walking miracle. And then uh, your body started to reconfigure as well. Yeah, yeah, it did. I've actually lost 60 pounds in the last year. 60, mm. six, zero, without a day of exercise, just a complete mind-body-spirit complex adjustment in my in my way of thinking, uh, the way that I treat myself, the, the fact that I immediately start stopped eating meat and I started eating high vibratory foods without even understanding what all that I just said meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't understand any of that, so I actually read over 300 books in the first year and a half, uh, so so that I could figure out what was going on and what are the names of the things that are happening to me. And then this whole Lemurian crystal guardian warrior thing came to me. Uh, and through mediums to help me to understand what's going on. I'm holding quite a few of them in my hands right now, actually. Fantastic. And I do want to get to that in a minute, but I just want to also okay. find out at what point after the lightning strike happened, were you aware that maybe you weren't the same as you were before? And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how would you describe the awareness? And I know that you had some really powerful help from some very gifted people in, in putting the pieces of the puzzle together. But how did that actually all fall into play? Well, I started actually seeing spirits um, and feeling spirits. I started feeling what I now know as Archangel Michael. Uh, as they get closer on you, they're so full of love, you just start crying. But what's kind of funny is, is that I have these little LED cat toys, um, <laughs> and and they started lighting up and answering questions. And my kid about came out of her skin because I said, here, let's put it in the middle of the floor, and they can answer yes or no with 
two blinks or one blink. And so that kind of stuff started happening as well. Uh, and to and, be honest with you, my eyes have changed colors now as well. They're hazel instead and, of brown. And how soon did that happen after the lightning strike? That was within a couple of weeks after lightning strike. There has mm. been so much stuff that it would actually take like 72 hours around of the course. to tell you how much stuff that not only my twin and I have shared, that's a whole different like episode right. of, of stuff, to be honest with you. Now, at what point did you actually have a, a label, if you will, for the experience and the new energy that was in the human body? Um. Okay, so a label. I would say that the label came as soon as I was able to get in touch with uh, Jamie Butler okay. and have, have her help me understand because I was being shown the new earth, basically. Uh, the stratospheric aerosol injection, otherwise known as chemtrails, were mm -hmm. completely gone in multiple states that I had family and I was contacting them. And so for about three months, everything was greener, bluer, brighter. Yeah. The sun was more beautiful. So to me, it's almost like my event occurred, mm -hmm. and I'm being—I know that I'm being prepped for a mission to, and like a like soil, to get ready. But I don't know what for, and that's where that <laughs> sacred twin thing comes into play later on. But um, as of now, I knew that I was here to help prepare the lands of the mind or the dimensional aspects of the minds of the humans here to get prepared for what's coming. And at that time, we didn't know what's coming. I, without, you know, all this event talk and all the, the raising mm. and vibrations <laughs> and the analogies I use, like with the fan blade. Have you have you heard that when I do that with mm. Harry? But, no, share that. Well, the, the audience hasn't heard it, so share it with the, the, with yeah, the listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, so we all see in a certain spectrum of, of colors our ocular perspective. And animals have a wider spectrum of, of colors than we do. So... I equate uh, dimensionality about the ability to see other entities with frequency and dimensions in hertz by mm -hmm. saying if you turn a fan on slow, you can see each fan blade going around in circles. But if you turn a big fan on full throttle, and otherwise you're increasing its cycles or hertz, that's a direct relation uh, thanks to electronic school that I went to. So <laughs> if you spin a fan as fast as it can go, you can see right through it. So right. our multidimensional brothers and sisters that are vibrating or cycling or spinning at a faster rate is why we can't see them. But the orbs, when we're talking about orbs, though, all those orbs in the pictures that I've, I've given to you, I couldn't mm -hmm. see those. But the spectral, the visual spectrum of the camera I was using was able to pick those up. And when you blow up those orbs, you'll see the flower of life, sacred geometry in those orbs. I know orbs are so amazing and so powerful. And I just hundreds of them at the cave entrance at eleven o'clock in the afternoon swarms around me in the cave, around me, but not my friends that showed up. Right. Right. And we'll be showing those when we do the after the show in the video portion. So cool. those of you that are interested, they'll be in we'll actually have those in there. So this concept of a walk in, was that foreign to you? Did it fit when you first heard that terminology? All right, so there you go. Part of the reading that I did was Dolores Cannon, of course, and Ruth Montgomery mm -hmm. and uh, another fellow I forgot, Michael Newman. So those three ah. people have extensive background in uh, regression therapy and, of course, uh, Dolores' information and the raw material uh, I also read. So I did a lot of studying, obviously. So the concept to me was uh, I was a wanderer on the first wave uh, I was a uh, tall white 
and I was uh, my original planet was Tiamat or Apu. Tiamat mm-hmm. uh, it blew up and it became the asteroid belt. It had a strike with a foreign planet, and it also had something to do with the destruction of the atmosphere of Mars. Now, in my first reading with Jamie Butler, there was a fellow that came through named Apu Yapo. Apu is the name of the planet. Yapo mm-hmm. is the name of a mountain range in the and high indigenous areas of Peru or the Andes. Right. And Apu Yapo is the god they pray to for thunder and lightning. <laughs> so there you go. Think, there you go. <laughs> so that's how I found out what the heck was going on right there. That's fantastic. So you've been integrating all this, you know, in the end of 2015, doing a lot of reading, having these sessions. And then in October of last year, there was like this acceleration (laughs) that happened, right? And you you went to Sedona, was it? Was that where you went? That is correct. What guided you to go to Sedona for that gathering that was taking place? Well, we had um, Allison Coe as a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different synchronicity in itself. (laughs) Uh, with Carrie Walker, and then right. Carrie Walker lives down the street from Elise Meadow, and that whole circle. So how that all, and Elise Meadow is the mother of Eric, who's channeled through Jamie. So that whole circle. <laughs> I didn't know any of these people. Allison says you need to meet my friend Carrie. Carrie's in Houston. Okay, so I call up Carrie. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Hey, I want you on my show. Okay. Hey, how'd you find me? Well, through Allison. And I was watching Jamie Butler. Oh, well, she's my friend down the street. And we all (laughs) hang out together and we carpool. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is going on here? So, yeah, that... That whole thing. Now, I'm sorry, you're going to have to remind me about. That's all right. We so, so there was an event happening in Sedona. Ah, I think it was one of gotcha. Tolex event, if I remember. But right. what? It, what was the aha? I need to go to this. Okay, so I wasn't going to go um, at all because financially I was just too strapped. Mm-hmm. And then within a week before going there, I was um, just pummeled with uh, night and day. Go have to go. I was very restless. Third chakra was just all choked up into my chest. <laughs> And I, and I was like, you have to go to this thing. You're going to meet somebody there. And I went, okay, networking, cool. All, networking's a good idea. So um, I went. And the other person's story is very similar, where at the very last second, they went. And so I finally ended up there. And I was basically coming out of my skin uh, vibratorily. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't get around people. I was empathically picking up all the sick and needy energy that's down there. And I was picking up all the chaos of all the people that were visiting. And I was got with Carrie Walker and Tiffany Williams, and we went mm-hmm. out to eat. And I made it for about 10 minutes, and I said, you guys need to take me back to my room. Right. <laughs> I, yep. So I stayed in my room most of the time. Um, but then one of uh, – Allison Coe and her partner showed up, too. You know, we were all friends. So I ended up doing a executive protection detail for her partner, and which is bodyguard stuff, uh, because of some uh, threats that were were coming up at that time. So I shifted into bodyguard, uh, you know, personality, and, and so frequency. I was no longer, and, yeah, bodyguard <laughs> frequency. So I didn't get to see any of the show. All I saw was Allison. All I did was protect. And all of a sudden, um, the show is over, and Allison meets somebody, and that somebody says. Uh, she says, go meet my friend Carrie. And then Carrie says, oh, you're from Oregon. Well, go meet my friend Mitch. And mm-hmm. she walks, r- walks right up to me and says, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm from Oregon. And I said, hi, here, hold my crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the Lemurians. Yeah, it was my Lemurian I carry with me all the time, yeah. 
And uh, so I gave her a business card. She held my crystal. She said it was blue and purple. And I went, that's beautiful. And I'm back to work. And uh, by October 5th, I got a text. And when I saw and looked into the eyes of this person, I knew I knew her for thousands of years, loved her for thousands of years. She's the Mm -hmm. woman that I saw in my dreams before I ever even went there. Uh, of being my wife in Lemuria and multiple, multiple lifetimes of me going off to war and dying and not coming back. So Mm -hmm. once I saw her eyes, I knew it. I was switched on as a bodyguard in Sedona. I didn't pay attention. But when that picture came across October 5th, yeah, I knew it. I knew it right away. All the lights went off, all the the energy. And and it was an interesting dance for both of you, from what I understand, to be comfortable in that frequency that is created when you're together. Oh, it's a dance. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 And so there's been some amazing things that have happened. And and you talk about the sacred twin, that divine twin energy, and that this walk-in was also the twin of, of her higher dimensional being am i right relating that correctly yeah you are uh aaron which is the uh sacred twin of her and it's the higher dimensional aspect of me uh it it is really a crazy ride i mean we started experiencing some very wild things uh together and um all kinds of different modalities of healing have opened up for me and she's she's been intuitive since as early as she can remember um intuitive empathic and psychic or whatever you want to call it channeling and i started channeling uh aaron my eyes started turning colors i have had all kinds of things go on i mean i'm 187 pounds and i haven't seen that Mm. since i was 20 i was (laughs) 240 basically 240 uh you know kind of bulked up muscle guy Uh, i call myself a knuckle dragon shooter from special operations and stuff like that and I, i turned into this metaphysical crystal healing tuning fork dowsing rod, you know, Benjamin dude, <laughs> reading tarot cards and angel oracle cards. And I'm like, what the heck mm-hmm. happened to that dude? So I so, know that dude is dead. He's <laughs> gone. So, yeah, he's gone. So the energy of that sacred twin or that sacred union, how comfortable are you sharing with some of the things you've experienced together? Um, I think I can say some things, but um, mm-hmm. I would let her... Uh, be the judge of what else to say. I don't want to make mm-hmm. her uncomfortable. But there, there is a definitely knowing, instant knowing that you've known each other for thousands of years. There was definitely not, this ain't dating some chick you met at the coffee shop. Right. There was just immediate uh, acknowledgement of soul recognition. And the, uh, the being comfortable in your own body and space within a day of, of meeting each other and so many tears and so much pain in the heart of finding each other again mm-hmm. and, and the overjoying just coming together. It was, it's a really amazing. And then when your energy start to come together, you start having things like plasma, uh, running back and forth when you try to put your palms together, when you're kind of like doing a high five and hold them there, mm-hmm. you start having, you start having that happen. Um, and wh- where she lives, you know, This is very rare, but to have two eagles circling until, you know, like we both see that there's two eagles circling, no other birds in the air, and then they go poof and they're gone. Um, You come home after going to the park and the moon's out and all of a sudden a star takes off and just does a swirl pulse. I've never seen aerial phenomenon until all this started happening. I've I've been in 33 countries and done a lot of night operations and never saw anything. Now I'm seeing them everywhere. Um, (laughs) 
Now, when we go to the after the show, we'll go a little bit deeper into some of the things that have happened and how you've brought in some healing modalities through that experience. But I do want to go back to, you know, your experience with the memory of reawakening within you, within Lemuria. And you made a fascinating comment that one of the things you were shown was why Lemuria was destroyed. What are you comfortable sharing with the listeners about that? Well, what I... What I know of is um, that Lemuria is, was a bunch of priestly people, priestesses and priests, and I've actually, through the Facebook pages, met the priestess that buried these Lemurian crystals thousands of years ago in the upper indigenous areas of Brazil, and all the ones that I'm receiving are from Brazil, and when I showed them in the group that we were both in, she actually just came unglued and started bawling for about a half hour, saying that you know those are the ones that she carried on her back right before they killed her and she was wow. able to bury them. These Lemurian crystals were actually buried 800 feet down into some sort of a cavern, and during mining operations, they broke into it, and they're just sitting buried in a sand table. They weren't growing. They were buried. Mm-hmm. So it's, and they're very specific. They're, they have very specific uh, characters to them. So help me uh, with the question again. What can I yeah, share? Yeah, so with about what they showed you about why Lemuria was oh, yeah. destroyed and you brought in the crystal concept and that those were buried obviously because they right. knew something was going to happen. Right. Cause they're full of information. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they're going to tell the story when the level of consciousness is aware, they already show me uh, every now and then I'm, I'm able to hold a crystal and have a vision and same thing with uh, Allison Coe her partner was able to hold the one that I'm holding now and saw the complete destruction. And then it showed me about a month later after Sedona. So mm-hmm. what I, what I do know, and this is my truth. Just, just right. Know, this is my Thank you for truth. saying it that way. Yep. Yeah. This is just my truth, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> all I can say is that the Lemurian Island was there. One of the districts was Mu. Another district mm-hmm. was Apo, Apu. So basically when their planet was destroyed, they came down, they made another, uh, civilization for you know some of them were able to get off the planet before it was destroyed so what what happened in my knowledge and my downloads and my research is that similar to the large hadron collider atlantis was messing around with lasers (laughs) and dark matter and dark some dark stuff and they were the scientists so when they were at war with lemuria they shot a laser and these are some of these big giant holes near the bimini area in the Bermuda Triangle, and keep in mind there was pyramids with active giant crystals on top as capstones. Right. So when they shot these lasers through the Earth, the Earth was actually one solid piece of mass. That's what destabilized the tectonic plates to become the tectonic plates, is these lasers they shot. And Lemuria was destroyed through a cataclysmic uh, an event which had to do with all the volcanoes lighting off. So they were destroyed but what happened is the reason why Maui is so hot is because a pyramid went down with an active capstone. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with understanding why the Bermuda Triangle is so hot is there was three phases of destruction right around 14, 12, 5, and 10,500 years ago. Now, when those pyramids went down suddenly, there was no way to deactivate those capstones. So we get dimensional rips, hence the reason why airplanes disappear, their rescue planes disappear. And isn't it funny? Nobody even wants to continue to talk about it. They just go, yep, they disappeared. Can't find them. (laughs) Oh, well, let's move on now. (laughs) You know, come on. So every now and then they get lit up by whatever means through the planet's resonance or whatever, and ships will go missing, airplanes go missing, and people 
cross over into either parallel dimensions or they just warp out. I have no idea. But there's definitely mm -hmm. uh, hot pyramids down underneath the water, and they are coming back. The one in Maui is supposed to rise, and the one in Atlantis will be found when the consciousness is ready. And so you are understanding through what you've gotten through, Aaron, and your other um, connections as far yeah. as the ascension of humanity, the embodiment of our higher dimensional selves, and yeah. the new earth. What yeah. are you passionate about sharing on that topic? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm really impassioned about the, uh, the, the resonance aspect and why we're at 85 hertz. Now, if we think mm -hmm. about the human resonance, when Tesla figured out that the human body and the Earth, Gaia, at 7.8 hertz resonate together harmonically, and any destabilization of that resonance is going to cause discomfort and non-balance <laughs> and non-harmony. So if just a matter of six months ago or maybe even eight months ago, we were only at 27.8 hertz. Then the, the galactic central sun was said that they were going to pulse us with 40 hertz right. of gamma, of gamma, right? Okay. So when we got the gamma hit, then it went to 67, right around there. But now mm -hmm. we're even getting more at 85. So if yeah. you're feeling stressed out, or you got to understand that we are a walking EMF field, uh, that the electromagnetic uh, field is wrapped around our body, and we are 70% water, so yes, the gravitational pull from the moon does tidal action, but it also does us. And we got Mercury in retrograde, and we're at 85 hertz cycles or spins of the fan. Then, if you're feeling not comfortable, then that's that's the reason why. It's and it's kind of good news in a way, right? Because it, it is means great that you're, news. That's you're exactly being recalibrated. Right. It absolutely that's means right. you're being recalibrated. Now, I know you're also passionate about different healing modalities and how people can utilize them to help them through this time. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I used to say, I don't know how, how this happened, but now I do. I never say that anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I, out of nowhere, I decided to order one tuning fork, mm. one, just one, right off of eBay. No big deal. Was it, was it the ohm to begin with? No, it wasn't the ohm. It was actually oh, okay. A432. It's an A2 right. and an A5. So okay. an A4232 or the the heart chakra frequency, um, basically, I got it in the mail. I pinged it with a drumstick because I'm a drummer. So I just hit it. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it basically put my twin to sleep into a heavy meditative state. And then I started working with her, uh, her muscle spasms in her neck. She was very ill at the time. So this thing undid all of her muscle spasms. Just from the sound, just by doing that. Yeah. And then I start. I said the next one I got was the ohm, the one thirty six point one, I think is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the I used the stem of that on the muscle spasms right at the head of the muscle spasm in right. conjunction with with uh, energetic uh, hand motions and uh, massage therapy, and we were really able to bring her uh, back from a very 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 rough state so i said the heck with it i ordered the verdi scale the sofagio nine i got the whole <laughs> chromatic scale i got like five sets of tuning forks now i don't know how to use them yet but i'm going to figure it out that plus these lemurian crystals and using uh, different chakra crystal setups uh i'm just like throwing everything i got at it and ooh, it worked so I'm, yeah. I'm just like okay thank you absolutely i mean that's sound frequency you know i talk a lot about frequency and the importance of it and really understanding oh, yeah. 
how that just helps to recalibrate and to oh, realign yeah. and to shift us. And, you know, we're lucky that it's going into spring here in the Northern Hemisphere so people can get out more and, and put their feet barefoot on the earth, which I don't oh, know yes. if you agree, I think Rounding. is really important now. Keep grounding because if you're feeling like you're floating around and you got monkey mind, then you take your shoes off, find a park, stick them, dig a hole in the dirt about a foot deep, get past the crap on top, and right. plant your feet on the earth, in the earth, and meditate and ground that strap down to that that crystalline heart down in our in the central earth. Absolutely. And you talked about meditation and how important that is, and how you actually utilize that. I believe for yourself as well as assisting oh, others in visualization for healing and balance. Yeah, the whole visualization thing is really big for me. It's the, it's the power of positive thinking and the power of visual imagery. So our minds, uh, I found out recently that if you can paint yourself a picture for manifestation, I've been told I'm a pro-manifester and I didn't know it, but now I'm researching <laughs> it to find out how I am that I didn't know it. So right. if, if you can paint a picture of what you want and you got three sides of it where your mind, body, and spirit are all in conjunction with resonating with that image that you have in your mind and hold it for 16 seconds, that bursts out to the universe a manifestation cycle of energy. If, if it's a realistic goal that you can do, or even if it's not, but all parts of you go, yeah, I want that. I can make that happen. And you paint that movie in your head. 16 seconds just hold on to it 16 seconds and your brain will burst out burst that out if you can see it you can do it you, you can believe it and i took the whole idea of seeing is believing and flipped it around and i try to tell people at conferences that believing is seeing because right. once i got struck by lightning and i started believing that's when i started seeing everything it was unbelievable how much i started to see and and understand and connect the dots so, yeah, Can absolutely. you give some examples of the visualization meditation and the results that sure. you've seen either yourself or your twin or others experience through that physically? I sure can. So, so in the meditation, when we st I start with the tuning fork A432, which is an A2A5 harmonic, and it really takes people into uh, a, a really fast meditative sleep. I put my, my daughter to sleep in a minute and a half, banging that mm. every 15 seconds. Just I told her to just deep breathe. Uh, and visualize a happy space, uh, like the beach with the water touching your feet. Um, and then once we get into that state, then in the mind, I, I told her, my twin, to start envisioning that muscle, both tips, both heads of it, touching the, the neck and down into the shoulder blade. And then while I'm doing this, I want you to imagine that you're undoing that knot and you're slowly undoing it and bringing it to a level of perfection. And at the same time, I'm pushing Christed golden light. I'm pushing uh, Archangel Raphael's light into the whole body area using the Lemurian crystal like a wand. It's basically a laser wand. It's shaped like a finger. It's got a fingernail type shape on it. And I'm pushing this light in there. And then once I get the light in there and you visualize that it, you, you're ready to undo the knot, then I start pinging the tuning fork. And I use a couple different versions and methods. There's a stem on a tuning fork, and then there's a harmonic balance across the two forks that I run it back and forth. And within just a couple minutes, those, the knot in particular that was really hurting, it released. It was gone. Mm -hmm. No pain. So have, you put the stem of the, have you put the stem of the tuning fork on the crystal? I have done that, and I, I okay. actually, I actually have done a couple things where I didn't even know it. I took a, some rose quartz. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I was going to say I don't know how it came to me, but that's that's baloney. <laughs> I know exactly how it came to me. I took a piece of rose quartz and the Lemurian crystal, and for some reason, I started rubbing them really fast together, and it started glowing. Mm. It 
started arcing, sparking, and glowing. And I was in a pitch black room, and I went, oh, my gosh. Or <laughs> as the Mormons say, oh, my heck. Uh, yeah, so it kind of freaked me out. And she said, oh, my gosh, how did you know to do that? Oh, my gosh. You know, so it's like basically I'm lighting a fire. And I was like, I don't know. I got to ask the physicist why that happened because right. I have no idea. I was just told put the two rocks together, rub really fast. And the energy, the frequency. Now, I, I know that one of the things you shared with me um, in our first phone conversation was that, you know, when you and your twin got together, there were, were some elements, let's say, who weren't so happy that that was taking place because of the unified field you create together. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, there was um, I, I can't really get into the manipulation okay. and implant, implant thing. I don't mm-hmm. think that I don't think that would be fair to her. Uh, but yeah, there was some. There was, there has been, still is a ton of uh, manipulation. I'm talking me getting choked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about having me going into seizures while I'm sleeping. Uh, I'm talking about uh, pretty much, like, per per se, if there was an implant, uh, if, if you're lit. Okay, so like we're lit. We have a, a color or an aura that says, okay, they're lit. They're metaphysically oriented. They're lit up. They they understand and see more than the regular background people do. So they know who you are, and they implant and tag you. And with those implants in there, they're able to manipulate your mind. And we were having a lot of problems with one minute I'd be there and everything was beautiful, and as soon as I left, all kinds of terrible things would happen that weren't really happening. Right. So it was. They were doing every, and they still are. They still right. are doing every. The dark is doing whatever they can to not allow the two hundred sacred twins to come together. Basically, there's only two hundred, a total of four hundred people around the world that um, have been brought together. Just right, just a little over two hundred, from what mm-hmm. we understand from the downloads we're getting through uh, Allison Co. and others. Right. And I think whether it's a sacred twin situation or this situation, I just want the listeners to know to be gentle with themselves because this does happen as you light up, as you anchor in more of why you're here and who you are. It may seem like your life goes to, excuse my language, but shit. Right. And so (laughs) with this interference and with these entities and other things that are happening, it's that, you know, initiation to stay in your power and to stay in the light and to do the healing modalities or find someone who can support you through this without accusing you, but understanding that this is why it's happening is because there are forces that don't want you to remember who you are and to light up. I'll tell you, there is some serious time dilation that occurs with me and her together and her health has been such shit since Mm. our union that is no doubt in our mind that uh, somebody who was athletic all of her life and, uh, you know, pro-am dancing and collegiate sports and stuff like that could go through so many, so long of sicknesses that can't seem to be identified, uh, some strange stuff. So it's constantly causing um, abrasive uh, adversarial type conversations that don't even make any sense. That shouldn't even be happening. Exactly. Uh, We've had Dracos show up, seven-foot Dracos show up. Uh, aren't they fun <laughs> yeah i think we've had we got eyeballs in the corners of what we call the goddess chamber and uh, i mean i'm constantly palafantoing and blessing mm-hmm. and using my dowsing rods to find i went around and found all the little you know the portals and the vortexes in the room the one right over the bed one in each corner and i'm like okay that's it we got to close this crap up i'm tired of this absolutely but, uh, it's a fight it really is a fight it 
it is, uh, you know, I'm a warrior and so is she. And uh, I, that's why I, her nickname is Sarge. Mm, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she's, she's a tough chick, man. And, uh, and she's going through hell right now because she's being attacked on multiple levels. And they really are doing everything in their power to many, many of us that are aware of the Sacred Twin Union. And these are whole whole components, whole splinters, not just a parcel. These are whole splinters coming down and coming to one. Uh, right. For the purposes of the the getting ready for the ascension of, of the planet and mankind for those that are going to make it. Absolutely. And, and it's so important. But I also want to share that for those of you that may not be in a sacred twin relationship, if you're feeling some of the same um, symptoms, please know that, you know, uh, get your food healthy, get your water healthy, oh, yeah. you know, find find a clearing process, perhaps get some solfeggio frequencies and, and find someone that you feel comfortable with that can help you. Because, you know, sometimes I know that in some of the counseling I've done with people, they start blaming themselves when really there's so much interference coming in that oh, yeah. doing everything it can to get them off their path. And try to help them to understand that it, it's uh, it's not them. And because that's right. a spiral, that's a rabbit hole that yeah. uh, all of us have gone down. And it's like, why why am I doing this stuff? And just <laughs> believing is seeing. I'm just going to keep saying it, believing is seeing. The stuff that I have seen only come about because I believed. You know, right. it's just like the old thing about there ain't no atheist in a foxhole. Well, that's a fact. That is a fact. I wasn't anything like this before. And as a matter of fact, I shunned. The whole biblical Christian thing. Where mm. we're coming from now is the children of the the children of the law of one, and we're going way back to the Tibetan monks that are up in Nepal and stuff like that. And these teachings that are coming from not just the raw material, but uh, even farther back. And we're, we're talking mm. thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. I can get into the whole archaeological proof thing that would blow your people's minds. Uh, well, we'll that, I know we'll have to have you back on the show, um, it, you know, in, in the next couple of months because there's so much that you have to share, and we're going to do a bit more in the after the show. But I want to make sure that we me. have time for you to mention. We, we've got a few more minutes because we started a little okay. bit late, but um, I do want you to mention if people want to get in touch with you or read about what you're doing. If you want to mention sure. your Facebook page, or yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a Facebook page called Metaphysical Mitch that I've I've just put up because I'm obviously. Um, coming out of the closet now uh, <laughs> and you can also friend me on mitch owens uh, facebook page under mitch owens uh which is going to be mitch aaron owens here shortly uh, because <laughs> we'll talk my about good friend that in the is, after the show <laughs> yeah so uh that and you can also uh yeah just you know the there's the thing to email me there and i'm i'm getting i'm getting my stuff together so that i can come out a little bit more professionally and have the brand going but uh, been mostly helping my twin with her brand thing with her show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in the closing, we've got about three more minutes. Is there anything that you really wanted to, well, again, we'll do more in the after the show, but anything you really want sure. to make sure that you bring up before we call, um, say close tonight's, um, radio show. Um, man, there's just so much. Um, I know <laughs> everything is not what it seems. And, yeah. uh, I implore people to do research and, and don't take anything for face value and and to really get into things called the TDA accounts and uh, mm. find out what a birth certificate means to you and why it was started and some of the things Woodrow Wilson was talking about back in those days and what the uh, monster from Jekyll Island is all about and start understanding that we are going to have to go through a lot of crap. It has to be cleared first before Absolutely. we can continue on the path of enlightenment. 
And if I could just say, this is a little mantra of mine that um, there's, as I put my hands together in a praying format or, or meditation, I bring them to my third eye and I say, think kind things. To my mouth, I say, say kind things. And to my heart, I say, do kind things mm. and run it right back up to source. And then the other thing is, um, it's not in your lives, you don't have good or bad things happening. You have lessons on your path to enlightenment. Absolutely. Flip things to the positive if you can. Look for things that, that you can, what you love. When you're out walking around and you're bad, in a bad place, think about things that you appreciate. I love that tree. It's so beautiful. Thank you. And the other thing from my buddy, Carrie Doubting, just love the shit out of everything. Exactly. That's beautiful. And I think that powerful energy is summing up like I did in the intro, you know, this energy of Chiron as it's coming in in its new phase. The last time it was in this alignment was at the end of world when World War One ended. And then it was when the era of, you know, love after Vietnam was the, la the last time this frequency was um, in in alignment. So it is the holding that frequency of that love and that um, energy, which continues to shift. So uh, Mitch will continue on the after the show, but I just want to okay. thank you for being with us. I know the listeners oh. have enjoyed it and um, keep doing what you're doing as it's unfolding in front of you. It is unfolding and I'm so honored. Thank you so much, everyone, for allowing me to spill my guts a little bit more. I know I'm supposed to share all of this with everyone so people are, are, are hearing real true stories of things happening, which is going to help them give them the energy to continue to move forward, that it, don't lose hope, that things are happening at different paces. Everyone's got their own timeline. There is no past or future. It's just a timeline that you closed and started a new one based upon your own free will. So hang Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. And we're in linear time, so we are going to have to say good night. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I look forward to having you join us again next week. Mitch, thank you for all that you are. You know, thank you very much. I'm feeling blessed. Mahalo and good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.